Howard from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on uh, Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane in Australia. It's episode 106 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, we look at actors who tried their hand at singing and singers who tried their hand at acting. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan Swimming and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combine these beautifully bourbon barrel wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly claimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Minso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. Of course, we want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age of Scots Cuba, the leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, in the, uh, it, it fell out of favor in the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Caro back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Carojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, who and his son, who's brought their very own brand to market and each contain that authentic Carojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Limited Edition, a true limited edition cigar, and one that represents the Golden Age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. Available at your local retailer, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that's tasted in every drawer. And by Tobacco Era USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco Era USA, great things are happening here. And finally, by Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. It's a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all-Maduro Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for life celebrations and those times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all of the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as for the California Studios for the Thursday Primetime Show, is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Jukebox, episode 106. Uh, today is, actually, we are in the mid part of August right now, heading towards the end of the summer months, Um at least here in the U.S., but maybe the winter months in Australia. Uh, Will Cooper, I am uh, in the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage, and I'm joined by my good friend in Australia, uh, Mr. Dave Burke. Hello. Hello, Coop. 
Hey, Dave. Yeah. It's been a couple of weeks. I know we've both been pretty busy. and uh, Yes. But it's always good to get back and do a jukebox episode. So I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. Uh, That's right. Yeah, yeah. I know we've both been pretty busy. I know that. So we've had a lot of stuff going on at home and everything. And, uh, you know, I had some travel. and yes, But, yeah, it's always good to get jukebox oh, oh, time. I, yeah. And I'm excited for this. This is some this could be some fun. Uh, yeah, you created about. a really. This was a Dave. This was a Dave inspired show for sure. It was, we'll <laughs> talk about what it was inspired by, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so no, but that what is inspired is funny. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. It's a little tease there, but no, just been uh, had some family fly in from America, my on my wife's side, so they lived here and then moved to America, and I lived in America and moved here, so we kind of did a switch. Yeah, yeah, switcheroo. yeah. No, uh, and, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Went to the World Cup soccer game out here, Coop. Women's World Cup, right? Women's World Cup. We went to England versus Nigeria, which was quite good. Both U.S. and Australia got booted out, so I don't really who, have a who won. Anymore. Who won it? I don't remember who won it. I, I should know this. Was it Sweden? It's right? tonight. Oh, okay. It is tonight it is Spain versus England. Okay, why did they go Sweden that won it? Oh, because the third place Sweden game. Sweden just won the third place game. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah they, that's what, yeah. yeah. Um, the yeah, game I mean, no one wants to play. Do a, not, no one wants to be in the third place game. No, it's a firestorm in the U.S. with the women's team. I'll just tell you that right now. Uh, yes. I, you know, they're very polarizing. I get it in the U.S., but, you know, they're still our national team. And uh, sometimes I, I don't like I don't like how they're treated. Um, and they really, you know, again, I'm not a big women's soccer guy by any means, but you know, I think they're still our national team. You respect our national team. Um, and, uh, you know, they have, but I think the rest of the world is caught, like caught up to the U S in terms of women's soccer. Yeah. Well, I watched that, the Sweden game, they had a lot of scoring chances. They just couldn't get in. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then I'm not a big penalty kick fan. Oh, I hate it. Eh. Um, just like I'm not a big shootout fan in hockey because it's like, I don't know. But uh, goalies have sort of carried the cup thus far. Coop goalies have been really saving their teams. Uh, like teams like Sweden in that U.S. game had no offense, and their goalie just kept them in it. Yeah. Uh, I I I mean I don't know. I love the U.S. S team. I was going for Megan Rapinoe. Unfortunately, she airmailed that penalty kick for her yeah. last kick in the World Cup. But yeah, I mean she's been amazing. In World Cup, and you're right. Like a lot of countries are are taking a more of an investment in women's soccer, so it's just gonna like it's all gonna sort of even out. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we have the World Cup in the U.S. for the men on uh, in, in 2026. Yep. Actually, it's gonna be yep. U.S., Mexico, and uh, Canada. So yeah, 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 right. It was Australia and New Zealand for this one, so. right? And that's by the way with, with FIFA, that's the model. I don't think you're gonna have a Qatar situation anymore. I think no. they're more like I heard the World Cup after the U.S. They're talking about like a Brazil, Argentina, Paraguay, something like joint Uruguay yeah. bid, like a four country bid. Um, and it, what it does is it gives some of the smaller countries a chance to like Qatar was a very unusual situation because of the stadium yeah. situation, yeah, but. It gives these smaller countries a chance to host games by doing it this way, and the bigger countries don't have to foot the whole bill for this either. So it's it's oh kind of, yeah yeah it's kind of a win win. Um, I I have been to the World Cup in '94 when it was in the U.S. So uh, all right. 
So I went to I saw Germany lost to Bulgaria. So um right. You know, we have two big things. We have the Olympics coming in 2028 and the one event I really want to go to, my wife knows I want to go to the uh men's marathon at the stadium Ooh. in Los Angeles. So whether I get that chance to go, I don't know, but that's kind of my uh the one event I want to go to. I want to see the the marathon to me is the most iconic event and to see the the winner of the marathon go into uh go into the stadium in LA, I think it's going to be a big deal, so. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge soccer guy. We just had friends that are from England, so they wanted to go. And I gotta tell you, Coop, a soccer in person is like way better than watching. Oh, TV. It, it is. I've been. I used to go to old Cosmos games and stuff uh, oh. years ago, and it was a lot. Of, it's great. And, and B, there's just nothing like the vibe of like a big world sport event. Yep. You know, like a world sport event, like a yep. World Cup or an Olympics or something. It's just this, this sort of vibe, you know, that yeah. it was really cool. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, and you, you guys, um, was it, the game was in Brisbane, so the game was game you, was in Brisbane. Yeah, that's good. So you didn't have to like go far or anything. No. which is good. Uh, because Brisbane's got doesn't Brisbane have the Olympics coming up in a few years? They do twenty thirty two. I believe that's gonna be that's gonna be big for you guys. Yeah, I think they're starting to build stuff now. Yeah, like hotels and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's become a big issue in the U.S. with with Super Bowls lately, right? Because there are cities that have the stadiums for the Super Bowls. They don't have the hotels. Like Charlotte's a good example of that. Yeah. Um, One year they had the Super Bowl in Jacksonville. And it was an absolute disaster with hotels. They ran out of hotels. Yeah. They had to bring cruise ships in to the port of Jacksonville to to put to to provide hoteling. It was it was that bad. So because Jacksonville didn't have it. And Jacksonville is not a small city. I'm just telling you, it's, it's not a small city and they didn't have enough hotels. So. No, I mean you figure a lot of these stadiums can hold like ninety, a hundred thousand or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like Miami's got ho- they got high rise. Ho- they have more hotels than you think. Even though Jacksonville's bigger in square footage, right? Yeah. But most of those Jacksonville hotels are smaller hotels that you know they don't compare to some of these big. But they didn't have the big hotels, and that's that's a big problem with these. Oh, what you get because not only do you get a hundred thousand people for the game. You probably get about twenty to another twenty to thirty thousand yeah. like media and other people just coming into town for that uh, other business. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're gonna. I mean, that's a good uh, teaser for our upcoming NFL show, which will be very. Yeah, nice. so we have confirmed we're gonna be doing the first jukebox NFL show. So uh, kind of similar to what we did on our last show, uh, our NBA show, which I uh, got a lot of good feedback on. Um. And uh, so, yeah, we'll be doing that with the surgeon. Uh, yes. I, I am. Uh, I have been. He is, you know, he's already into, he's into football mode. He's, you know, it's a big year for him. Is he uh, is he like full Mike Greenberg, like all about Aaron Rodgers and Jets, Jets, Jets? And is he on, totally on board? Is he uh... I think he's on. I think he's excited. I think he's on board. I think he's I, I use that term cautiously optimistic. Right. Okay. You know, there's some questions with the Jets. We were talking a little last night. You know, I think there's questions with the coaching staff. I think there's questions with the offensive line right oh, now there's too. Questions everywhere. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's questions with Rogers too. It's not like last year he was lighting the world on fire. Yeah. No. It. It. it there is. Uh. And you, I've been watching the HBO Hard Knocks, and boy, is he a goofy guy, Rogers? Oh, I just. He's, he's a strange yeah. dude. This guy. Yeah. And. Yeah, he's, he's he's out there. I'll just tell you that. 
Yeah, he's he is out there. But I'll say this now. I have followed the Jets, you know, being from New York, and I've always followed the Jets. The, Rogers is a very different character, I get the impression, than Brett Favre, right? Brett yes. Favre did not want to be in New York. He did not want to be with the Jets, right? No. Rogers seems genuinely he wanted to be with the Jets. Well, I mean, the thing about it, because you look at it on his face, and this is sort of like, this is a preview of the wonderful analysis you're going to get on the NFL show. So, yeah. But you look at it on his face, and you're like, Oh, you know, the Jets are desperate. Like, they're getting this guy that's, you know, past his prime, blah, blah, blah. But then you look, Favre was in that same position. He got all the way to the NFL, uh, NFC Championship, and the Vikings probably should have won. And then you had Brady just did it where he took, you know, just goes to Tampa Bay and takes him to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that, so there is precedent for this working out. Yes, there is. Uh, like I said, I think there's a genuine feeling like, he, like Brady is saying thing wanted to go to Tampa Bay. The Jets, yeah. if you remember the Jets thing with Favre, he wanted to go to Minnesota and they couldn't get to trade the Minnesota. Yeah. With the division. So he kind of had to settle for the Jets and he didn't want to be there. I mean, not that he didn't play well, not that he didn't do his job there, but there's. I still think that is a little bit. If, if he had stayed there another year, I think it would have made a difference yeah. with the Jets. So um, in that standpoint, yeah. So that's gonna be, it's gonna be good though. AFC is gonna be good this year, better than the NFC. NFC is NFC is really weak. I mean, I was looking at the Giants may get in as a seven seed, maybe as an eight nine team. The NFC is awful. It is. It's like the Eagles, and uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it. I I tell you, I'm. I'm really rooting for the 49ers because I, I, I interviewed Steve Wilkes, who's the defensive coordinator. Yeah. I, I like the guy. I believe in the guy. And, uh, but I, I mean, just he doesn't have, they don't have a quarterback on that team, is the problem. Yeah. So yeah. they got to, and Trey Lance looks awful. Awful. I yeah. mean, and Purdy probably isn't ready. And I don't, I'm a little concerned putting your eggs in one basket with Purdy right now because well, you don't have, you don't have enough of a sample size to see if he's any good. Like, right. You know? Yeah. You know, sometimes that rookie year is an aberration is it, in the defense. They're going to have up. a whole, they're going to have a whole off season of teams scheming against him now. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, yeah, exactly right. Uh, but anyway, well, we will cover plenty of football in a couple of weeks. Uh, Labor Day weekend, we'll be doing that show. So, See people, that's what you're gonna get. Did you, did you hear that banter? That was that's prime. That's prime NFL yeah. analysis. Yeah, I'm sure we're gonna be doing a lot of football this year. I think we've been talking about doing and, and NBA. We'll be doing some of that definitely throughout the year. But boy, I'll just say this. I mean, I am so I am so upset with the Sixers right now. Oh, this, yeah. Um, that is expl- That is imploding. I, look, I think I James Harden. I wanted him off the team when he quit in Game Seven against the Celtics. Now, I actually think there's two sides to this story, and yes. I do think they that the Sixers screwed this guy a bit, right? Yeah. Because he took less money last year. To, you know, so you the, think Maury just gave him a sly like, "Hey, I can, yeah, I'll give you. You take yeah. the less money this year, and if you want to go somewhere next year, I'll move you next year." I, I, I don't trust Maury 100% in this season. Now, I, I still think, look, Harden, shut up. You have no nothing to stand Jeez. on because you were so bad in Game 7. You were embarrassingly bad in Game 7, right? Uh, but, you know, if Maury promised him something, then just do the right thing by the guy then, you know? If the guy he, doesn't want to be on the team, don't bring him on the team. Oh, uh, but he does that. He did that with Simmons. He, he does that. Sim- 
He does that with Simmons. And but Harden does this stuff too. It does a team. Harden kills locker rooms. It's 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 a two sided thing, Dave. There's two. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. And it's a. It, I it, mean, it, don't get me wrong. I don't even want to watch the Sixers. I don't even want to watch him right now. You know it's the like, frustrating thing, Coop. Yeah. The frustrating thing is that if that team just focused on basketball, they'd be really good because Harden played his best there. You have Embiid. Like if you just focused on the basketball, yeah. But they can't. It's like always drama. Yeah, there's always drama. Look, I understand they Doc Rivers took the fall, right? He he had expectations. I understand. I was a Doc Rivers guy. They have Nick Nurse, who's got championship credentials coming into this team. This should be, you know, it should not be. This should not be drama here right now. But you look at the great teams, right? Like you uh-huh. look at the Bucks, the Warriors. Yeah. Like the Warriors that will have drama, but like when it comes to when when the comes to the game, they focus on yeah. the basketball. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers and, in the 80s had tons of drama, but they always left it. They didn't bring it on the court with them. That's the thing. It's like yeah. the 70s, they can't get out of their own way, yeah, which is yeah. the most frustrating yeah. thing. Yep. If I'm at bead, man, I'm like, get me out of here. Yep. I agree. Oh, uh, there's a lot of talk about him possibly getting moved. So, God, yeah, I, yeah. wouldn't you want to if you're him, though? Like dealing with all of that? Yeah, I mean, my problem with Embiid, and I love Embiid, right? I think he's a good guy. He can't stay healthy. No, that's true. So, I, you know, it's the problem. If you can't stay healthy, it's a, you. You can't. You have a fragile foundation, and, and that's not yeah. a good thing. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, listen. See, the the thing about it, and we'll get into the show. I really appreciate Coop, and he's the best because he humors me with these sports shows because I don't get to talk much American sports out here with anybody. So I need somebody. Yep. So he gives me a good outlet. Yep. Uh, no, it's all good. Like, it's always good talking, even because Dave, even though he's a, um, let me put it like this, even though Dave is thousands and thousands of miles away, he is very much on top of I the uh, of the great uh, you know sports scene in the U.S. So, so my daughter loves basketball. She plays basketball. She loves basketball. Loves Matisse Thibault, her favorite player. And Steph Curry loves basketball. She has the NBA app. Uh huh. And and she'll get out of school, and just send me a text like, "Do you believe they traded this guy?" Like she is just, she's so as soon as school ends, she checks her app to see the trades for the day, and she's all over it. Wow, good for her. She's all over it. Yep. Speaking of all over it, Coop, the Australia is all over new music, uh, live music lately. Dave, yeah, it's like been crazy. So, Sir Paul McCartney is coming, Coop. Dave, if you haven't seen Sir Paul, I've seen him. I think he, you, you you have to go try if you if you can. Oh, I got the tickets already. Yeah, I mean, I'm going. You'll the Hey Jude, the Hey Jude, the Hey Jude part is worth it alone. Because he'll get the whole audience involved, and he does it in a very creative way, and he, uh, yeah, it, it is incredible. But so, uh, but if you look at the last two years in Australia, because Australia's not no, we get a couple of headliners every year, but we've had Lizzo, we're gonna have Swift, we've had Lord, we've had Harry, we've had Ed Sheeran, we've had Pink. Now we're gonna have Paul McCartney. All the last two years or so. So we've really, I mean, Australia as a, having live music has really had an amazing two years. Yeah. Oh, it some is. of the biggest names out there, which is amazing. Yeah. 
And there's rumors of Beyonce Coop. Well, Beyonce was just in Charlotte. Oof. I mean, it was crazy. I know I, I did not have Beyonce tickets, but uh, oh, that'd be hard to get. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but yeah it was either. it was it was crazy. I will tell you, oh. it was crazy. I can't imagine. Yeah. So we got Sir Paul. We got D- Dolly Coop putting out a a, a range of uh, dog toys. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So tell me about this one, yeah. So, cause everybody, cause she's so she loves. She wrote that children's book. I think it's about her manager's dog. I don't even think it's her dog. But uh, so she brought some dog toys. We got a uh, coming out in Australia. I don't know if they're there. I'm assuming they are as well. We have a cowgirl dress for your dog, a blonde wig, and a toy microphone. <laughs> All. All coming out. So, uh, do you have a dog? I have two dogs. So, will your dog see some of this stuff, or your dog uh, see some of it? I gotta see how sturdy it is, right? Because my dogs could easily, depending on what that microphone is like, could destroy it like instantly. Yeah. So I gotta see. I I think these are geared towards like those little toy dogs, you know? Yeah. Like. But I'll have a look. If it, if if it looks like it can withstand my dogs, I'll definitely get the microphone. Wow, blonde wig isn't gonna happen. I don't think. No, no. You know, um, what was interesting though, Fuente uh, last year or two years ago came out with dog dog bowls, like dog dishes that dogs can eat out of. Fuente branded dog dishes. I'm telling you, they flew off the shelves. Oh, I'm sure they did. What yeah, inspired yeah. that? Does they he have dogs or something. Um, you know, I guess so. I think Liana, who's the um Carlito's daughter, is very much into the pet stuff. But they they're nice looking, right? And you know, they weren't like super expensive, so people got them. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, now I'm glad you brought this person up because I saw this and I was thinking about it. And the coop's like, "Oh, I got to talk about this person." Uh, so this is great that you are doing that. Yep. That's Robbie Robertson, Coop. Yeah, this one, you know, Robbie Robertson passed away. And this, you know, Robbie Robertson, right, is not a hit maker by any means, okay? Yeah. People know of him, but like, I think you'd have trouble people associating Robbie Robertson songs, right? So what people don't know is Robbie Robertson was uh, the creative force behind a band called The Band. um, And... uh. Well, I wouldn't say the band was this commercial making hit machine. They were really, really an influential band. And Robertson was a Canadian, right? But he developed what really became that Americana sound, right? And he influenced a lot of key musicians who have talked a lot about this. Um, George Harrison's talked about him. Led Zeppelin. Bob Dylan, who I'm going to get to in a second, a big part. Fish. Pink Floyd, Grateful Dead, they were all influenced by him. But he was, uh, the band kind of, his band, the band, grew yeah. out of him, like he was part of a group of musicians working with Bob Dylan. And he became Bob Dylan's uh, lead guitarist. And, you know, it was funny because he was introducing the Bob Dylan getting to some more electronic type guitar sounds because Bob Dylan, that wasn't really his forte. And 
Yeah. Partnership with him and Dylan is very strong. Dylan issued a statement on his death, which that is unusual for Bob. Bob Dylan doesn't normally issue statements when people die, uh, but th- he did issue a, a statement here. Um, I, I've listened to a lot of music talk on the satellite radio the last couple of weeks. And it, this just all the people in the music circles really had Robbie Robertson, creative genius. He's a rock and roll Hall of Famer. Um, for some reason, he just never had the, the commercial success. Yeah. Um, but I picked a couple of songs out of the band anyway. Uh, they're probably the two most uh, known ones. The first one's the, and I didn't put these in the notes, Dave, but I, they're in there now, just so you know. All right. All right. The, the, okay. The first one's The Weight. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah oh, so that, yeah. I mean, everyone I think knows The Weight. I think it's a great. Um, that one's actually sung by Levon Helm, right? It's not sung yep. by uh, by uh, Robertson. And the other one I picked, and I think this is just a an incredible song. It's about the American Civil War. It's called The Night They Drive the Old Dixie Down. Yes. Guess, uh, Joe Baez sings that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, a very good historical type of song. Uh, again, Canadian kind of understanding American history. It's really cool. Um, the, you know, the other thing that's interesting is that Robertson and Helm, Levon Helm, uh, I think they had a big falling out, right? And they never, Levon Helm passed away. I don't think they ever made up. Um, right. but, but Levon Helm, I think, was that Levon Helm did most of the lead vocals and he had a big, he was like the next creative force in the band as well. Uh, but yeah, this was taken hard by a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I love the band. Uh, yep. Another song of theirs that I love that Bruce Springsteen covered on Nebraska is Atlantic City. I, I, song. you know, I should have said that. That's a, that's a good one. I always forget yeah. that that's an Atlantic City. Yeah, it's a great song. But um, they did a big tour with Dylan. I think they're it was like a very famous tour in 1974. Yep, where they reunited. Yep. Uh, but no, I love the band. But it's I think, but you're right, Coop. It's sort of more critical success than it's sort of like the Velvet Underground, right? Like, yeah. Huge critical success but not really a lot of commercial, you know? Yeah. But but if you love that, like, 70s era music, man, you'd love the band. Yeah, I was listening to one of these music experts and they were talking about, like, Harrison was the guy who yeah. really embraced Robbie Robertson and, you know, he, you know, this is Harrison and bass, obviously, you know, music in India and stuff like that. And people wondered if, if, um, because if you look at what Harrison did with the Wilburys, you could, you could see the Robbie yes. Robertson connection. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, even though Robertson wasn't a part of that, that style was Dylan was in there, right? Because, yeah, by that point, Harrison was friends with these guys like Dylan and, and yeah. Petty, right? So with that sound, but I wondered, if that would have ever transcended into the Beatles, had they stayed together would the Beatles have kind of moved to this type of sound? I don't know. It's a good question. You think, I mean, the Beatles are sort of constantly evolving. So you think they try it out anyway? Yeah. Um, no, thanks for having that coop. Brian Robertson. Yep. No, it's a sad one. Um, like I said, we, uh, that's a big loss for the music business for sure. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cigar news, and I have questions about this one, but I'll let you get into yeah. it first. Okay, so uh, if you're in the U.S., the FDA law, the FDA regulations uh, have been thrown out in court, and the, a judge has ordered that any of those regulations that were put in place back in 2016, they're vacated. That's so um, long ago. 
And the the reason we what happened is the FDA pretty much they kind of unfairly implemented the regulations, which everyone knew. So there was uh, they were they were the judge realized that they didn't consider like in the U.S. when they put when when regulations are made right. What happens is Congress gives them the authority. And then this rule, this FDA, the, the agencies come up with the rules, right? And they can come up with whatever yeah. they want, right? But as part of that, they have to submit it to public comment in the U.S. Yeah. So there was a lot of public comment when these rules were put in place. And the FDA just basically ignored it. And the judge, you know, they said certain things, but there were things in the comments that said otherwise. So the judge kind of called them out on that stuff. And he basically yeah. said, hey, you guys went, you were, you know. These rules were put yeah. in place. They were arbitrary and capricious. It was wrong. You hurt the industry. And uh, he, he he ruled that last year. He gave the FDA a year to kind of get their shit together. They come yeah. back and, well, we, we think we're right. And he says, fine, the rules are vacated. So the industry, while they're regulated, there's no they're still regulated, but there's no regulation yeah. in place right now. So because I read uh, Charlie Bonato wrote something about it. I read a bit of it. So, but they could come back and make new ones. Like, I mean, this doesn't mean. Yeah. They could just, I, yeah. He Charlie did a great job in that article. I wrote, I wrote a smaller piece actually yesterday. <laughs> and I think there's other, like, so they could come back and try this again, right? Oh, you think, yeah. If they come either, they, well, there's three things. One, they can appeal it, right? Two is they can yeah. not appeal it and go start, try to regulate this all over again from ground zero. Or third, and this is what I think, is they're going to go after a lower hanging fruit that they can get. Right. So, and, and those things are like flavors. Yes. Nicotine levels. Um, rules around the factories. And I think marketing, they're going to go heavy after. So they could do that. Right. So they could definitely, I think, like Charlie kind of, because I, he doesn't think they're going to appeal it. But what Charlie said, and I've told people the same thing, is, it's the Department of Justice that's going to make the appeal, not the FDA. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the yeah. DOJ may say, "Well, you know what? We don't like the fact like, that you really wanna... the rulemaking was was like thrown out here, and we, you know, because there's landmark implications, by the way, with this. It, yeah, yeah. Other, yeah. it's going to affect all rulemaking going forward in the U.S. with, with this decision because cases will reference this back. So, yeah. it's so probably it's be, easier yeah, to just yeah, like, yeah. do one of the other ones, like you yeah, said. Yeah. I mean, really, the flavor and the marketing is all they care about anyway. Really. Yeah, I mean, um, so. the flavor. Yeah, and they're gonna be their battles with that. The marketing is scaring the shit out of me right now. That's the part yeah. I'm really worried about because it could. We I've seen some. There's already been studies that have been put out, and in my article, I ref I did some links to those studies, and it shows that they've already looked at a lot of things around social media, uh, festivals. Cigar Coop was cited yeah. in one of these studies, by the way. Nice. Yeah. So, well, for one of the festivals, so they're looking at this stuff and uh, age gating, like you know, like on a website when yeah. you go there. Are you over the age of twenty one? And you say yeah, yes, yeah, and they yeah, let you yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're saying, well, this is complete nonsense. They're like, what? Where's the age control here? So, um, that'll be you know. So I think we'll know. Uh, probably by October, they have six. They have sixty days to do the appeal. We'll know in October if there's an appeal or not. All right. Yeah. Well, big news. I mean, I it like I said, it's been stiff. the FDA stuff has been so long. Yeah. Like you said, since two thousand, that is crazy. Yeah. No. Uh, 
developing palettes review. We haven't done one of these in a while. Yeah, I was gonna, I was actually thinking that today. Uh, yep, there was a uh, yeah. So Davidoff Millennium Lancero. And I just have trouble for Davidoff. They, they had a little talk, and the, the guys don't seem all that excited about what's been going on with Davidoff lately or in the future. Oh, there's a lot of con- – yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think there's some valid concerns there. Uh, you know, when, when Tuna gives a uh, – uh, Yeah. You know. The, he, you he's know, a Davidoff he, guy. He's a he? Davidoff guy, and, and he – you know, the one thing he wrote in there is uh, – I'm going to read what he wrote because um, I agree with him. The Davidoff Millennium Ben changed many moons ago, and it's not the line that it once was. But if I'm comparing this uh, Lancero Limited Edition to the regular production Millenniums, I find this to be a superior release, which is interesting. If you like the new Millennium, you should really like this, because the this car is constructed well, and as Lancero, it smokes very well. That being said, the blend is monotonous from beginning to end. Yeah. Not bad, but not changing. Uh, price doesn't bother me, but it's still a th- sub-$30 Davidoff. So, um, yeah, and he gave it a 5.65. Yeah, which you don't want out of a limited Davidoff. You want something a bit, a bit higher than that. Yeah, I, I, think, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, what do you think, Coop? Because they were sort of talking about the next thing on the docket. Really, is like a anniversary Nicaragua like cigar, and they they were all. It doesn't sound like they're all excited about sort of what's going on for Davidoff in the future. Either. No, I mean the the Davidoff Nicaragua anniversary cigar. Um. It doesn't excite me because it's first of all, it's the Davidoff Nicaragua. I think was one of the biggest game changing cigars of the decade, right? Yeah. And it was a true Dominican. I mean, Nicaraguan puro made in the Dominican Republic. And to me, it seems like they slapped a blend together. Like, well, let's let's come out with an anniversary cigar, and what's the first thing they do? They throw an Ecuadorian wrapper on that. Yeah. That's not how you commemorate Davidoff Nicaragua, is what I'm saying. It's kind of like when you, as soon as you slap the Ecuadorian wrapper on, you're kind of going back to like, okay, well, this ain't really that key. So, you know, and and I think Davidoff in the worst way needs a new core line. Right. They they have not released a new core line since Winston Churchill, uh, late hour, and that's 2017. Oh, yeah. So we're almost on seven years that we haven't seen a new core line out of Davidoff. We've seen a lot of these limited editions, and this coming back to what says that, I think every time they brought these limited editions back, the cigars are so different than they once were. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. I'm definitely concerned on that. No, it's interesting. Yeah. Because that, yeah. The, the, and, and I think the other thing that hurts them is like they're priced so high that you want it to be, you know, so you want it to be a bit special, don't you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you do. You do. Um, I, I I can't disagree with you on that. Um, you know these I have not reviewed Year of the Rabbit yet. That's coming up in the next month for me. But the guys were all high on Year of the Rabbit. I believe most of the, the them were high on that. Uh, that release, which was a few months ago, that they reviewed. Um, again, I I think yeah, the only one who didn't like it was Surgeon, but even Aaron liked the Year of the Rabbit. Yeah, those those Year Abs just sort of hit miss for me. Yeah, I mean, I think the the early year those zodiac ones were really good, and then the last yeah. few years it's kind of gone, you know, de- declined a great deal. Oh, oh no, good. To, uh, it'd be good to just you know stuff to keep your eye out with that. Yeah, off yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you smoking? Okay, so um, this is a cigar from West Tampa 
tobacco company. Um, and I, they're getting a lot of play in the U.S. This is a company that was formed uh, by two folks from General Cigar. One of them is Rick Rodriguez, who I think people know from CAO. Um, so this is what they call their red blend. It's a San Andreas uh, Maduro wrapper. Um, and uh, this is their third core line release. So I have just fired this one up right now. Uh, this is the first time I'm smoking the red. So right. uh, it's it's a San Andreas. I'd say it's a milder San Andreas for sure to start out with. Um, I have they've gotten a lot of these guys are getting a lot of press in the U.S. Okay, I haven't been overly impressed with their previous two releases, so I'll say that okay. one was okay and one was terrible. Yeah. Oh, too, wow. Yeah. So we'll just see how this one goes. Then I guess. Yep. Yeah, the white was terrible. The black was um okay. We'll see how this one goes. Not bad start off. I'm not saying it's on fire yet with me either. Uh, but this ain't an expensive cigar. It's an under ten dollars cigar too. So oh, can't beat that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do have a cigar that I know is going to be fire. It's the Warhead Nine. I picked a couple of those up at uh, Caribbean down in uh, Florida when I was down there last week. I love. I had one already. Uh, I, oh, it's, I mean, it's anything you expect to have a Warhead. It hits you. It's very good, very rich. I don't know, Coop. I'm not totally sold on the Vitola here. Like getting this going is kind of hard. I, I, yeah, I haven't lit mine up yet, but I know they did a similar size with Warhead Six, but it was smaller. Yeah. So I know what you're exactly is saying with that. Um. Once it opens up, it's great, but it's just hard to get it going sometimes. Yeah, I have that a lot with these Figurato, like those nozzles on the Figurato, yes. I call it. Yeah, um, it's it's tough. And then, some, I mean, from what I heard from a couple people, is getting the combustion going with that, because there's higher priming tobaccos, it's a little tricky on that nozzle, right? So you're going to have to work yeah, the burn. You're going to have to work that burn a bit. But once it opens up, it really comes together. So. Yeah. A little bit yeah, of effort no. on the front end. But, yep. you know. Warhead is a consistent performer for me over the years. Yeah. Um, it, oh, really, yeah. it really has been one of the uh, – it's a great annual release. I mean, they're already planning Warhead 10 for next year. So. I wonder what that's going to be because, I mean, it's the 10th one, Coop. Yeah. I, Hector, he hasn't said anything to me what the size is other than it's going to be Warhead 10. Um. But yeah, so I don't have any insight into what the size of that one yet. Um, but yeah, a, what size would you like to see? Do you have like a wish size? Because they've kind of yeah. done almost everything. They kind of done really. almost everything. I mean, I actually would like to see a robusto extra with it. If you're okay. gonna go with a, like a five and a half by fifty. Yeah. Okay. All right. Personally, I'd like to see a torpedo. But I don't know if they're going to ever do that. That's going to do a lot of torpedoes. So if I had to do my next pick, I would say do a um, do a, um, a Robusto. They could also do that double perfecto that they did with the chef special on the knuckle. Yes. So they could go that route. And that's something I could see them maybe going. I Have they done a chunky? I'd like to chunky, but I don't think they do them as a brand at all. Do they? Like that what? four and a half by sixty? No, they did a six by sixty last year with it though. Yeah, but yeah, they don't do like a chunky, like an out probably chunky oh, or nub size. Yeah, they, you know but, they they kind of shy away from sixties, right? Because a lot of their fan base isn't in that realm. Yeah, they did uh, do the sake bomb, 
a while ago, which I loved. So, but I don't know if they do a short. No, I don't think they do. Like Saki Bomb is one of their most underrated cigars they've ever done. God, I love that cigar. It was in that La Bamba line, and yeah. La Bamba's okay, right? But in that Saki Bomb, um, it was great. I remember we had a real great opportunity on Stogie Geeks because we were the first people to, uh, publicly to smoke the Saki Bomb. Eric came on the show that night. And they sent us the sake bombs, and it was it was so different than the rest of the La Bamba line. It was really good. But I don't know if you do a warhead in a short, though. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Which would be the thing. But yeah, I just don't see that size coming out of Espinosa a lot. No. Yeah. But, you know, it will be interesting. All right. So let's get to the song. So now this was inspired by a song that I'll have because I've seen the Barbie movie three times right. now, Coop. Three times. I, I was a, I was a little worried when I saw your email, Dave, that you wanted <laughs> to do Coop, a Barbie show. <laughs> we gotta do something about Barbie. I, I, I love it. I can't add the Barbie. I just there's nothing I can add the Barbie. How did you go? Well, you have a daughter. Okay, that's why you saw the Barbie. Love it. So let me ask you a question before we get into it. Yes. Did you yes. go see the movie without your daughter? So you said you saw it three times. Well, I saw it. I, I saw it once. Well, no, but. <laughs> She only came with me this time because I was going to see it with friends of mine, and she, like, demanded to come. And I said, okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's the best movie ever made. It's so What, the Barbie movie? <laughs> oh, it's okay, so how, funny. Okay, how's the music? Okay, so, all right, I I, I can, yeah, everyone to their own, Um, but yeah. is it? But is there music that inspired any good music in that movie is my question. Yeah, so soundtrack is incredible, Uh-huh. and what inspired it is one of the lead characters sings a song. And also, there's singers in it. So Dua Lipa does a song on the soundtrack, but she's also like a Barbie character in the movie, right? Like not a, not a main one, but she's in it. So I was like, "Oh, cool, we gotta do a Barbie movie," and he's like, uh, "No." And so I said, "Oh, okay. Well, thinking of the actors that were singing in the movie and a singer that was acting in the movie, it inspired this like actors who sing and singers who act sort of uh, show." Does Margot Margot Robbie plays Barbie? She does. I like Margot Robbie. She's cute. Oh, Coop! It's amazing. The show, yeah. the movie's incredible. It, it's so, I, I can't. If I told you what the Google the Google review of this was, right? So here's how it was, right? It was it was a U. Okay, so if you if it had people rated from one to five, so there's all these people that on on one side rated it five, and then there's all five. these people rated it one, and then there's like you, you know, but to, no one really had it in the middle, so it's very polarizing, apparently. What one point two billion dollars it's made, Coop? It, billion. Oh, it's the highest grow. It's unbelievable it's, what it's doing here. Yeah, I'll see it a fourth time. What do you think of that internet? It's amazing. You um, know, my oh. daughter had a still has it. She collected Barbies from when she was like four years old. So oh, she right. had all these Barbie, like those, like and she's got Barbies. Like when she was about eight or nine, she stopped even taking them out of the box. She's got sealed Barbies like Jesus. now. Yeah. All right. So no, uh, go see Barbie and it's an amazing soundtrack. Um, I, and I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get anyone in my house to go see Barbie with me. Uh, oh, come on. Maybe my wife. That would be the only one. There you go. I don't know if she'll go. Look, look. See it up. Everybody will see it. Skip will see it. Skip's probably seen it. Go skip. Oh, that would be fun. seen it. Yeah, that would be fun. I'd be throwing popcorn at him probably. Oh, God. I love that movie. <laughs> anyway, I love the movie. We'll talk more about it later. Yep. But because there's actors who sing in it and singers who act, it was a good way that for me to sneak yep. in talking about the movie. 
Yeah. The, uh, show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and it was interesting, Coop. Uh, I let, I'll get, I'll let's get your thoughts, but so I, I have a Disney one in here. I tried to avoid people that play themselves. Right. I did too. I did too. Yes. Uh, that's so why like I... Alice Cooper was in a movie, but he was playing Alice Cooper. So it's like, right. well, you know, so I tried to do that. I tried to avoid musicals as well. So, like, if you're an actor yeah. in a musical, well, you're saying it. But, I mean, so I tried to avoid those because it kind of blurs the lines there. Uh, but this was a lot of a lot of fun trying to look these up. I mean, how? Do, what are your sort of thoughts going into it? Yeah, my notes are all gone. I don't have but I had my notes. Okay, so here's the thing. The first, I agree with you on all your points, by the way, right? I was fascinated with this, the two-way the two way exercise here, which were yeah. actors who went to singing and which were the singers who went to act. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. there's some that took different paths. And then there's a couple that actually were very parallel in that they kind of grew up in that theater mantra. So, All right, yeah. but at the same time, I have one, I have one artist I think is the mu- in the musical, but, but I think she did some legitimate acting, which is, and I'll talk about that. And you'll see one of them in particular with that. Um, so I did that. I avoided, like I avoided like Purple Rain, um, yes, because we covered Purple Rain, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually had Phil Collins on the list. I took him off because we've done a lot of Phil Collins the last few weeks. So you know, there was only ten. So there was a few that yeah. I, I tried to go with some different artists that maybe we haven't had talked about on this show. I, I thought it would be be good to do that, right? So, so yeah. I kind of went with that as well. So, um, but I, I was fascinated by like some of the what some of these things that were influenced, and then it was kind of funny because there was some of my artists were like they had a signature movie, but maybe the songs were from a non-signature movie or vice versa. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, and I'll get to one and I'll talk about that as well. So. I think it's a good historical X. Ex- I probably could have easily did another ten of these. Oh, it was fun. It was yeah. fun. It was it was uh, it was it was a good way to think about this. Um and I and yeah, so and when I go, mine's all in alphabetical order. There's no order. Oh anymore. wow, look at you. Yeah. Uh the other thing I avoided is one of the loopholes, I guess, is the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. So the Mickey Mouse Club as a show. Has birthed a number of singers, right? Like Annette Funicello. Yeah. I mean, an actor. So you had Annette Funicello. You had JT, Britney Spears. Like you have like, yeah. But I avoided that because like that's kind of cheating. I, I um, kind of so did. Yeah. I kind of did too. Yeah. So if I have someone here on here that's from the Mickey Mouse Club, it's yeah. not because of that. It's from something else. Yeah. But that's uh, but Mickey Mouse Club. We should do a show on Mickey Mouse Club. It's uh, insane. Yeah, if we ever get that Disney show, come on, I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, kick us off, Coop, because I love your first song. You know, I went. I I've really been into this show lately. So when I, when this when you kind of suggested this, this was like the first name that came to mind. Um, I've been watching I Love Lucy lately. Um, and I'll just say there's an episode of I Love Lucy where she rolls cigars. It's pretty cool, but that being said, uh, I went with it. Uh, I went with Desi Arnaz. Um, the, he he was uh, he grew up primarily in a musical background out of Cuba. Uh, he was a Cuban band leader. Uh, he played a Cuban band leader on "I Love Lucy," married to Lucille Ball, uh, and they very much incorporated. Uh, they very much incorporated Desi's music into the show. 
Um, there were a lot of scenes at his nightclub where he would do it. And, uh, you know, a lot of times if I think it was also I think at times it was very confusing to be uh, to determine if it was Desi Arnaz or Ricky Ricardo. It is synonymous. However, Desi was a really good actor. I mean, he he was tremendous in the role as Lucy's husband. I don't think anyone else could have played that role better. Right. So he was a legitimate. He became a legitimate actor on top of that. So he's a singer who went to actor here. Um, and uh, great. If you know. I kind of went and explored some of his music too. Uh, it's 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 very interesting. But his song, everyone knows. Everyone probably knows Babalu is the song yeah. of his. So it's a Cuban song. It's uh it's his signature song. And I said, well, it, it uh it, it, in fact that song was such a signature song on the show that he the nightclub he was performing at he would buy it and it used to be called the Tropicana. It was yeah, which is kind of a place in Cuba as well, but he would rename it to Club Babalu. So all right. Yep. So it was a big part of it. So yeah. Uh Desi was cool. I liked Desi and ours. He was cool. No, I love that pick. I think because I agree with you, Coop. Like he's great on the show, but I think people forget that he was a singer. Like people just you, know you, because people so thought good. of him as Ricky Ricardo. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But that's how he came up. He came up through the singing and Lucy married him, and that's how they got into, you know, moved into production after that. Yeah. That's a great pick. Yeah. Love that. I went, I changed this one. I had someone else here. Yeah. And I yeah, changed it. Oh, well, I changed it. Originally, I had Ludacris. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm like, I have a lot. I have too many hip hop people out here. So I changed it to Bridget Bardot Coop. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I, you know, I forgot about her being a singer, actually. Yeah, so Bridget Bardot, famous French actress, singer, sex symbol. Uh, she did a couple of records. Uh, I think people forget about the singing bit. I love her singing because she just sounds so, like, over it. I love, like, singers that sound like they're just over it. Like, they have that other voice that they're just above singing. And I, I don't know. It's very cool. I love it. So the song I picked was Body and Clyde. And she actually does that with another French singer who's more well-known, but Serge Gainsbourg. Uh, and Bonnie Clyde is a phenomenal song. So yeah, Bridget Bardot. Bridget Bardot, that's a good one, Dave. I thought of that after I did the list. I'm like, oh, I got to put Bridget Bardot on there. Yeah, I like that. Huh? I'm just seeing something. When did she die? Oh, recently? Did she die? She, did she die? Last couple of years? I thought she did. No, she's still alive. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. 88. I'm sorry. Yeah, she's still alive. That's why I was wondering. I thought I saw something about a month or so ago where she was treated. That's why I didn't know if she had passed away or not. Oh. But Bridget, she did you not need more of a social good. media presence. Yeah. Forgot you were alive. Sorry, Bridget. Sorry, Bridget. Yeah. Off. Still, you know, she kind of, um, in her prime, I mean, she was unbelievable. Yeah. But she kind of, uh, I, I, I even think in her, uh, uh, you know, she always maintained a radiance to her for me. She did uh, a lot of activism around, like, animal rights and stuff. Yeah. I think she's well. been pretty much retired for a while, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think she's done much in the last 30 or 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Now, your next one is, is all news to me. So you got to let me know about, about all this. All right. One. So, yeah, this is I think this will be news to a lot of people. Um, Danielle Brisbois. Brisbois. Ooh. Uh, Danielle played on All in the Family, 
Stephanie. Do you know who Stephanie was on All in the Family? Oh, I do not. Okay, so I'll give her. So what happened is on All in the Family for many years you had Meathead and Gloria, right? Yes, yes, yes. All right. So the year before All in the Family went off, uh, Rob Reiner and Sally Struthers leave the show. They they decide they had enough and um, they move. They have this. They have them move to California and they need someone to fill the void. Uh, and it turns out that they uh, the bunkers take in this little girl who was basically a cousin of Edis, right? Uh, and he basically abandons the little girl at uh, at the house on uh, all the family. And her name is Stephanie. And, right, okay. and eventually all in the family becomes a show called Archie Bunker's Place. And Stephanie continues in that role. So Stephanie kind of provided a really cool. She was she provided a really cool foil for Carol Connor. Like now Carol Connor was doing like a, with a nine year old, right? Interacting yeah. with a kid. I, I actually thought it was well done, right? So Stephanie was a, but she was an important character on that show. Occasionally on that show, she would show some musical talent, right? So I think she might have had a musical background, but they had her sometimes like doing a stage play or whatever. She wasn't heavy into the music, right? But. She did love doing music, and afterwards she would she really pursued a musical career. She hooked up with a guy by the name of Greg Alexander in the nineties. Greg Alexander, uh, and she joined a band called the New Radicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she as she was part of that album, and she probably was she was actually a part of the biggest one of the biggest one hit wonders of that decade. Uh, you only get what you give, which yes. everyone knows that song. Um, and what was really cool about that song, she wasn't in the music video. Oh, no, she is in the music video. There's a small part she has in it. That music video was filmed at the Staten Island Mall, uh, which is where when I moved from Brooklyn to Staten Island, uh, they filmed that whole video there. Um, so it's really cool to see that. But yeah, Stephanie, uh, she has. Greg Alexander dissolved the New Radicals, but anything he's he's worked, they've still worked together. Um, over the years, but yeah, she she was some of the female vocals on "You Only Get What You Give," so I'm counting her in here because that was such a big hit song. That's amazing. I know of the New Radicals, but I didn't know good, that. By the way, good album. By the way, good album. It's just not one hit. There's a lot of good songs in that yeah. album. Yeah. Which oh no, that's amazing. Of, I love she that. Was new, she was one of the New Radicals. Yeah. I love that because this the the thing about this uh, what I found with this show with this getting ready for this show was actors that you never do say anything and then you're like oh yeah let's say this so that's yeah. great no i love that love that yep. pick. yeah it's probably the most obscure one i have on my list yeah yeah uh i have an obscure obscure singing one that we may have, we might have even talked about before okay but uh anyway the next one is not that that's ice cube uh i mean huge uh acting career producing that sort of thing but his acting career really kicked off with his role of boys in the hood yeah so his role in boys in the hood really kicked off his acting career uh which is what we <laughs> see now i mean he's been in action movies he's been in everything he's a voice in the new ninja turtles movie uh so he's a voice of the main antagonist there so no, he's been in a lot of stuff. His son acts as well. He's in the the show Swagger, uh, which is about basketball. But yeah, so Ice Cube's done a ton of stuff. 
<clears throat> of course, known for NWA, that his extremely yep. successful solo career. So the song I picked was Wicked, which is off of his solo album Predator. Uh, want to feature some of the solo stuff. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hip-hop artists that went into acting, Coop. It's incredible. Yeah, I have one. I'm going to have one on my list, too, that, that did it. Yeah. And kind of crossed over that way, which I found interesting. <clears throat> oh, yeah. It's it's uh, it's really interesting when you look at the hip-hop artists who went from singer to actor. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, Q, man. He's probably... I would say out of the, I mean, other than Ludacris, maybe, I would say he's probably one of the more uh, successful ones because he plays a lot of characters that aren't Ice Cube. Whereas you look at like Snoop Dogg, sometimes he's in movies, but he's as Snoop Dogg, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. But no, it's it's a lot of hip hop artists in in acting, which is interesting. Yeah, no, exactly. And they do a very good job. I mean, uh, even Ice Ice T did it. Yes. Uh, New Jack City, yeah. So, uh, well, they're not, they're not, uh, what Law and Order, what SVU or whatever it was, yeah, yeah, forever. That's right, yeah, good blue one, oh, yeah, cool. Jay, I don't want to steal your thunder, so I'll, I'll no, mine, mine, mine's not any, not, mine's not those guys, so mine's a, compl- yeah, he's coming get up us, later. What is yours? What is yours, Coop? Get in I'll, there, I'll get there. We'll, we'll go in alphabetical order, unless you want me to skip it. If you want me to skip it, I'll no, go. No, no, get, get to your next one. Who's your okay, next one? Okay, okay, uh, my next one is I call her a two hit wonder. Okay, because she had two hit songs, right? It's Irene Cara, who just recently passed away. Um, She's known for two songs, Fame, which was the title song for uh, title song for um, the movie Fame. And What a Feeling, which was the title song for Flashdance. However, Ah. I'm not sure which way she came up the ranks. Right. But before she fame, when she did Fame. The song and the movie, that's why she became famous. But she actually had a prominent role in the, in the miniseries Roots. And she played uh, Bertha Haley, who was the birth mother of Alex Haley. Um, so, and she, so it was, it was like a legitimate acting role she had. She was really, really good in that role. Um, I mean, just, I think she delivered a great performance. And, and it was, it was the second Roots series she was in, Roots the Next Generation. So she had a prominent role in that. And then she goes on to do uh, these two these two iconic movies, right? Not two like, iconic soundtracks. She a lot of people think she's in Flashdance. She's not. That was Jennifer Beals. Yeah, uh, yeah. My I I picked as my song "What a Feeling," which I am blown away every time I hear that song. I've loved that song for forty years. It's already forty years old. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Flashdance is a great movie. And if you like cigars, uh, the final scene has cigars in it. So there you go. Uh, the big, the big, uh, the big dance uh, tryout has uh, a group of these guys smoking cigars. It's pretty cool, right? So, um, but yeah, I think uh, Irene Cara. She really never had that big. She never really, like I said, she had two big hit yeah. songs. One, you know, but she never. I don't think she ever evolved. I always thought we would hear from her for a long time. We really didn't. Same acting wise, she kind of became more of a recluse in her later years. Yeah. Uh, she died young. She didn't die like I don't think she may have been about sixty or so when she died. She wasn't. Okay. That, yeah. So, but I picked Irene Cara. Good work. I I love Fame. Now I when I was a kid, I didn't watch watch the movie. I loved the TV show. My, loved yeah, the, the, the TV, TV show. show. She uh, she wasn't in the TV show though. 
That was uh, they had Debbie Debbie Reynolds, like not Debbie Reynolds, Debbie. Uh, I forget who it was. Debbie, someone was was the leader. Why do, why do I not remember that? Uh, it was Debbie Allen. Debbie Allen was the leader. Yes, uh, I just love that show. Yeah, uh, it was interesting because uh, there were people associated with Fame, the TV show, and Fame, the movie, that were brought in for the ill-fated sequel. Yes, live by yes, uh, which was. A nice movie. It wasn't Saturday Night Fever. It was a uh, nice movie. Yeah. But yeah, some of the people from both for the TV show and the uh, and the movie were, played roles on that in that movie later on. Oh, I gotta look up the cast of that show though. Anyway, uh, but that now when I say actors who go into singing, this song usually comes up for most people. Because I'd have to say, Coop, now you may uh, have a different opinion, but I think this is probably the most infamous actor to singer song. Uh huh. And, and that is Eddie Murphy's track, uh, The uh, Party All the Time, which came out in the 90s. 80s? Actually, the 80s. 80s, 80s, 80s yes. This is an 80s song, yeah. I remember when this song came out. <laughs> It was a hit. It was a big song, but it's like immediately was like derided. Uh, this is I said this is a notorious example of an actor jumping to singing. Uh, the success was short lived, but I think it's like uh, I put largely seen as a bomb and a fun throwback. I think a lot of people like still. I mean, know the song if they hear it. He's still making music, Coop. Yeah. He released like a reggae album. Yeah, but this was a big hit song. This went. I it think was a hit song. Was, I think it went number two in the U.S. It was. Big. It was huge, but it like it like, like instantly, like in the next year. It was just, so maybe they overplayed it. Maybe I don't know. This was a Rick James project, just so a lot of people know. So Rick James, I think, wrote the song. I think he produced the song, and I think he was buddies with Eddie and. Rick gave him a shot in the yeah. studio with it is I think was essentially what happened with this. Uh he's in the music video. Like you'll see Rick at the end. Like Rick's like Rick's it's this this video is so corny. You got Eddie with the headset, yeah. like and Rick's outside the studio looking in the glass. He's like, I'm a fr-, he's like saying, I'm a genius. Look what I did. You know, look what I created. Yeah. Like it, it's funny. And I, there was a show in the US called Mad Magazine TV. That does yes. a whole parody of how Eddie and Rick get together over like cocaine. <laughs> Rick, Rick's on cocaine when he figures out like the song for Eddie. It's hysterical. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, uh, this song. But yeah, it, it, Eddie never had another hit song after that. He was a true one hit wonder. Oh, yeah. But like I said, he's still putting music out. So good for him. But it was yeah. a classic. Yeah, it was a Rick James. It was a def- I, I could see Rick James performing that song. And I'm sure Rick just gave him the song to do it. So yeah. Oh yeah. Now you're you're next one here, Coop. Yep, this is my hip hop artist. Um, Common. Yes. So, um, Common is well known. Uh, uh, hip hop artist, very well established. Uh, hip hop artist. Um, and uh, he, he. This is a case of a singer making the transition to actor. And he was cast in the role of his character's name was Elam Ferguson on the show Hell on Wheels. Uh, if you know, 
if you've heard me talk about this show on other podcasts, this people know this is one of my favorite shows of all time. It's a it's a Western series post Civil War, um, where um, it deals with the Transcontinental Railroad. Uh, Con- uh, Elam, who's Common's character, he plays a, a, a you know he plays an African American now who's kind of now working the railroad crew. You know, so they it's that whole post Civil War racism that was going on in there. Uh, he is brilliant in that role as Elon. Um, I don't want to give too much away. People haven't seen the show, but uh, it is, it is, ap- I mean, and it is, you don't think of him as common. The like he, it's a, it's a character so different than him playing, uh, you know, the, you know, than the rapper person persona he has. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, he was um, Dave, he, um, I know he's done a few other. I, mean, I know he's done some other stuff. He's been in other movies, right? I know he was in like movies like American Gangster. Uh, he was in John Wick. Uh, you know, yes, yes, that's Ocean's Eight. He plays himself in Ocean's Eight, right? He's but, great in John Wick, by the way. He's yeah, great. yeah, he 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 was great in John Wick, but uh, but yeah, I think the role that really he was the role that really kind of um is his uh, role as Elam on that. It's just. It's uh, it's fantastic, and you know, I haven't seen a lot of like. I was, I know he got a, I don't think he got a lot of acting awards, unfortunately, nominations, which is he has a lot of musical nominations, and I was just surprised because yeah. he's a very good actor, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I picked the light as one of my favorite songs to him. It's kind of got a little bit of an old school R and B feel to it, um, but I think it's a cool song, and I've always liked that song by Common, so I picked the light as my song there. No, oh, I love that you have Common on here. Uh, love it, and and uh, and like I said, yeah, just some great roles. I have to check that Hell on Wheels out. Um, in my, yeah, it's a great, great show. It's and uh, we Barry and I were talk, talking about is this it show. Done, the is night. it done or is it still going? It's done. It's done. Yeah, it's done. It's six seasons. Um, there is uh, again, cigars play a role in the show. Well, uh, of course, as it well, would. there's a lot of cigars on that show. Um, but it is uh, there's the the. There's a lot of complex characters that are built in there. Uh, the storylines. There's a lot of historic. They they try to keep it historically accurate, which is what I like too. I'll check it out. Yeah, definitely. I uh, it, was, I, I I've told I was like talking to Bear. I said it's probably the last the best show that's come out in the last 13 years, in my opinion. It's whoa. I, I love that show. Yeah, love that show. Wow. Yeah, I'll check it out. And Common Elon's character was a great character on that show. He was, a, he was such a good addition to that show. And he had a major role for a while on that show, yeah. Well, I my next person is the total opposite of Common, in that he was not a great actor, nor was he a great singer. And that is Steven Seagal, Coop. The one guy, yeah, he is just beat up, Steven Seagal. <laughs> so I said, that's right, the Aikido action star himself. He uh, put out a record, which is bizarre to listen to. It is you listen to this record and you, you start to question reality. It, it It's like blues reggae. It is very hard to pick, to pin down what genre he's going for. He, uh, yeah. And my, my last note is stick to hitting people. Steve is my last note for uh, Mr. Seagal. He made it. Stick you to know, hitting people. He did a movie called above the law, which was a debut movie. Yes. And a lot of people thought he was going to be the next like Charles Bronson. Right. Yes, it did. I don't. He just went off the deep end. I don't know what happened after that because that was a good movie. Uh, Above the Law was a good movie. 
But his song, I put Girl It's All Right is the song. <laughs> but it is bizarre. It is bizarre. It is this weird, yeah, like blues reggae fusion thing. It is yeah. strange. Yeah. And he's done songs for his movies as well. This is not one. This is for a a record, but man, Steven Seagal, man. No, that's a good that was a good out of the box pick, Dave. I like that one too. You know, he's yeah, worked, I think he's I think he's done some work with Stevie Wonder, if I'm not mistaken. Oh God. Stevie I Wonder, what he, are you doing? I think Stevie I mean, I wanna say uh Stevie was on um I'm just looking something up here quickly. Because he had a, oh it is so weird this song. It is I thought Stevie Wonder like yes, yeah, Stevie Wonder plays harmonica on his uh songs from the Crystal Cave album. I oh, thought Stevie God. Wonder was involved with it. Yeah. Stevie, what do you, you don't need money that bad? Surely. <laughs> but he he's a uh, case actor uh, that went to the musician piece, like much later, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's bizarre. Yeah. Uh your next coop. Yeah, so um I say this female artist, uh, she comes from a musical family, but I think for a while she was going down the actress route before right, okay. kind of the music route, right? Uh and it's it's Janet Jackson. So yeah, I didn't know this at all. Yeah. So Janet Jackson was on two big shows in the seventies and eighties. Uh, because basically, I don't know how they. I guess her mother wanted uh, her, her mother actually positioned her in these shows. She played uh, Penny on Good Times, uh, which right, was, right, and then she played Charlene on Different Strokes, who was uh, Todd Bridges' girlfriend, right. Um, she was in Fame for a short time, the TV show. By the way, she was oh. in there for so she did have a musical, but really she did not get hit the music scene until after different strokes um they really like she on both those good times and different strokes roles they were act she was acting there really wasn't a musical tie-in on those shows at all then she yeah, goes right. and she hooks up with jimmy jam and terry lewis uh and she produces she comes and creates this album called control which is dominates 1986 uh and makes janet jackson the next like she probably became the most popular jackson after michael you know, she just became an absolute. Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was some of them like Rebe and Tito. I mean, yeah, they win the music, but the Janet Tito. became a hit maker. She became a force. Uh, and boy, that Control album is a good album. And I love, I love that song when I think of you. I fell in love with that song the first time I heard it. Uh, it has a little bit of a Prince vibe to it. Um, yeah, I think is the Jimmy Jam Terry Lewis influence coming from there. But uh, yeah, so and obviously. Janet's done some movies like she's kind of she's never abandoned acting, but really after different strokes, it her career translated into a musical like a musical career. Well, yeah, so, well, um, it's a great success as well. Yeah, but she's done um she's done a couple of interesting movies too, like uh, Nutty Professor, uh, Why Did I Get Married? You know, so there's some other things she did, but uh, but yeah, like I said, I think from prior to 1985. Actress after nineteen eighty five musician. I did not know any of that acting stuff, so that's great. Wow, last see, Good Times was a really popular show, but it's probably oh yeah, it was, you're probably a little young for it when it was on. Uh, different Strokes. I I I wasn't a big fan of that show. 
It was kind of, yeah. nice, but I did know she was on that. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I think I saw Good Times in syndication when I was growing up, but I just never put all that together. Yeah, yeah Good Times was a very popular show uh, on primetime when I was growing up. Yeah, uh, in fact, it was so popular. J- Jimmy Walker, uh, you know, he had that catchphrase "Dynamite." It was his yep. catchphrase. They created a school magazine called Dynamite Magazine. Oh, nice! And he was on the first cover of it. Yeah, so oh. it was a big deal. Yeah, but Janet, yeah, Janet's a yeah. It, you should, it should, and it, she's really good in that role on Good Times. She plays a uh, she starts out playing an abused child, which All is right. kind of really okay. interesting. Yeah, so uh, and then she provided that. Like similar to what I just said about Stephanie on All in the Family, she provided that kid point of view the show didn't have. So I thought it was a good job she did on that. All right. Well, I have this person is kind of in the Eddie Murphy role. So very famous actor that's like, hey, I'll do some singing. And that's Jamie Foxx. Yeah. So Jamie Foxx. Really good pick. I like this one. So I didn't count Ray. Because like that, you know, I don't know if he, what Charles. he sang on Ray and what he did. And it was hard to think because they yes. overdubbed the, the Ray Charles stuff. I know on. he did some. Yeah. Did he do uh, did he do hit the road, Jack, on that? I, I don't remember. I don't, know which, I don't I don't remember which ones he did and which ones he did. Yeah, I don't I remember which some. ones he did either. Yeah. But after that, he's like, hey, I can sing because I was in Ray. So he came out with a couple records and it's crazy the amount of big name hip hop and R&B artists they have, he has on his records. It's huge people. Yeah. I think he's still putting out music. I think he's working on something currently, but he's sort of like your classic kind of R&B sort of vibe. Uh, He put out a song, Unpredictable, with features another singer god actor, Ludacris, on that song. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, Jamie Foxx. Yeah. You know, I talk about my opinion. Ray was one of the best acting performances I've ever seen. That was that role when he, um, his role, you know, him playing Ray Charles. It was so, it was, you know, yeah. I met, I think I told you I met Ray Charles as a kid, right? But that's not, I had nothing to do with that because I knew, I didn't really know Ray Charles from that meeting. I knew him from his TV. I, I really thought that Jamie Foxx was Ray Charles in that movie. It was yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that well done. It was, it was one of the best acting jobs in my lifetime I've seen in, in a movie. Oh, great. It was a great, great movie. His music's not half bad either. Yeah. Um, your next pick, Coop. You want to talk out of the box. I had no clue this person saying things. Yeah. Uh, this is an actor going into singing. Uh, so this happened on the heels of a few years after Eddie Murphy. Uh, Don Johnson, <laughs> right? Oh, uh, man. Which Don Johnson uh, from Miami Vice, uh, who played uh, Sonny Crockett. Like, I wanted to, like, we have to do a Miami Vice music show at some point, right? All right. All right. And. The thing is that Don Johnson was he did he was not a musician by any means, um, but he came up through you know the acting ranks. He goes on this show uh, called um, he goes on this show called Miami Vice, which is heavily influenced by music. And yeah. afterwards, oh, yeah. he gets um, he gets basically the bug to go into the music studio. And I remember my dad never drove Don Johnson right, but. He was on CBS Records, and my dad was a big Miami Vice fan. He was he he was thrilled about this, right? 
Right. Um, so, but he, yeah, he got the bug. So he had his first record was this, uh, uh, this song called Heartbeat. It went number five on the charts. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he did. He did some. Then he would go on to do some duets with um Barbara Streisand. Even. Oh wow. He, he was dating Barbara Streisand for a while. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, I included a song that I really like of his. It, it, it's a little bit of a deeper cut, but it's not. A, if you followed any of the Don Johnson music, uh, the song's called Tell It Like It Is. It wasn't like a top 10 hit like Heartbeat, but I think it's the best song he did. And it kind of has this Billy Joel vibe to it. Um, I'm not going to say that Don Johnson is the greatest musician either. I'm not. He, he, <laughs> but he didn't have a bad voice is what I'll say. But I don't know. I think they, records. I think they might have done a little augmentation with the voice. I'll be honest with you on that. He put out at least three records for the looks of it. Yeah, I mean, he had a like. I'm telling. He had he had a heartbeat was eighty six. Let it roll was eighty nine. Um, and I think there was another album too. And like I said, let it roll is where that song tell like it is is from. But heartbeat yeah. was actually like he. It was smart that he capitalized on that whole Miami Vice music thing. And he was able to get into the studio and, uh, you know, release release a full album on that. Um, and like I said, I think the album did also pretty decent in parts of Europe, from what I remember. Yeah. Oh, all right. But Don Johnson. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Don Johnson. Go figure that. <laughs> that was. Yeah. Ah. Uh... Yeah, you mentioned up someone else that we didn't make the list, but uh, yeah, the uh, Barbara Streisand. Yeah, I, I, you know, Barbara was so because I, I look at her coming through the music like like you, you know, she did like Funny Girl and all that with the musical ranks. So I kind of stayed away from that one because if if someone came up through the Broadway ranks, I tried to stay away from that. You know, what I mean, because Broadway tends to bring both of those together. And I, I don't think that this I that might be the spirit of the exercise was trying to look at crossovers here. So a couple like Irene Cara was I, I, I took a little liberty with, but I tried where it wasn't very obvious, you know, to, to yeah. Do cross. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll have some honorable mentions of people that didn't make the list, but people yeah. are probably thinking about uh, Harry Styles, Coop. I uh, yeah. Kind of more modern. Yeah. Uh, had had a big role at Dunkirk. Uh, it was probably his. I mean, it's got to be his biggest role to date. Yeah. Um. Showed up, popped up in some other movies. Uh, like little pop ups here and there, but uh, he had that recent movie. I can't remember the name of it, but with uh, Florence Pugh and Chris Evans. I can't or not Chris Evans. Uh, Chris Pine. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Uh that's recent one. So yeah, so he's doing a bit more acting. Um and he's he's huge. I, there's a person I'm having after my list or after this one that I think he's trying to follow this person's lead. He's never gonna be as big as this person that I'm gonna have next, but he's a pa- kind of paralleling it. Uh and the song I picked was Satellite, which is a song I love. So yeah, yeah, Harry's Harry Styles. I think he has a future in movies because he his acting is isn't bad. It's quite no, good. Yeah, and he's got a lot of charisma, so I think he could you could see him a lot more, a lot more acting. Yeah, from the way I kind of read Harry's career, um, and I'm a little later to the Harry 
Styles kind of bandwagon. But um, when he left One Direction yeah. and was going solo, that's kind of when he started hitting some movies. It was after like, yes. he was really he I would say he came up through the music ranks. And then as he was just kind of establishing himself, he he goes and he does, uh, you know, he does a couple of movies. Uh, Dunkirk was the first one he did, I think. Um, yeah. So. So, yeah, I mean, I know he was. I know he had done like Saturday Night Live and stuff like that, and yeah. I, he was in an iCarly episode. I'm not gonna count those, but it was really, no. you know, when he went and did this, some of that film work, uh, for sure. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, you got another big one. Yeah. Um, Madonna. Madonna. Yes. Um. So you know, Madonna. Um. By the way, Madonna. Turned 65 this week. She had a bit of a health scare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she uh she had a bit of health, but she's a senior citizen right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but um I would still say Madonna, while she was she came up through the music ranks, right? She, I think she did do some theater and stuff. Like yeah. a kid, right? But I would say she came up through uh like piano training, dance, you know, so she she hits it big with her first album, right? But she made the move into acting very quickly. Like she yes. started like I think right on the scene, uh right on the heels of Prince, uh, she starts appearing in movies, right? So the first movie uh that she appears in, um she actually appears in this movie called Desperately Seeking Susan. Yeah. Where she has a legitimate role and she kind of plays a character similar to herself in there. Kind of like someone hanging out in the New York club scene. Uh, she did another movie where she plays a singer like uh, in uh, Vision Quest, but I'm not going to count that. But because Desperately Seeking Susan was a, was a legitimate movie. Uh, then she goes and marries Sean Penn. They yep. do that Shanghai surprise movie, which was awful. Uh, but... Uh, she does a few other movies. She does Who's That Girl? Um, she does uh, Dick Tracy. Um, and she does probably the movie that she wanted the role for, like, all of her life was Evita. She wanted to play Eva Peron. That was always what she yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for the most part, I think if you take Shanghai Surprise out, which was an absolute disaster of a movie, right? I just, it was so bad, right? Uh, she was good in Dick Tracy. She was good in uh, Desperately Seeking Susan and Evita. Uh, I picked yeah. actually. I picked the title song from "Who's That Girl." Uh, I love that song. It's a quirky, it's a quirky kind of song. It's a Great quirky song. kind of movie. Um, I thought it was a movie that uh, I kind of. It wasn't this great movie or anything, but it wasn't a bad movie. It kind of put a smile on your face with that. Um, I kind of liked the song a lot. Who's that girl? Uh, because it kind of fits who Madonna is. Um, but yeah, I think Madonna's had a decent film career. I think if she wanted to have a, oh yeah, career, she could have. So uh yeah. Take Shanghai Surprise out. That just that, <laughs> take, that out. take that one out. It's so is but but I'll blame Sean Penn for that one. I could blame Sean Penn for that one. You blame Not a hard. lot of people for that one. Yeah. The good the, yeah. Probably, there's a good song. Uh no, no, that's I'm thinking of another movie. Yeah, ne never mind. Yeah, that wasn't uh Shanghai Surprise. But oh, she's sort of like my next one is is sort of similar where it's like she was so big it's like just put her in everything yeah have her sing it put her in a movie have her release some books did yeah, you skip one wait yeah are you no. skipping one 
Oh, no, I'm not skipping one. I was talking about Madonna. She's oh, okay, like, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, do something about Sony. Yeah. She's a lot, a lot like my next one, which is Elvis. Okay, yeah. You got to have Elvis. Elvis is sort of similar. So he's in the same vein as sort of Harry and Madonna, which is like they're so big, just put them everywhere. Yeah. Put them, put them in a movie, put them in, put them in anything. I mean, I'm trying to think who else is like that. Um, I mean, Taylor Swift hasn't done. She might have done some movies. I don't think she's done a ton. She'd if, be similar. If, if I was doing a very, I think that they should look. If if Taylor wants it, I think they can cast her in a like a serious movie role that would get cats. critical acclaim. Yeah, but Cats is Cats is a Broadway adaptation, right? I'm talking like a pure acting role. I think she could do. Yeah. It. Like, and I had some ideas for a movie I would cast her in, like. You know, something like living in Coney Island or something like that's a good example. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I could see this. Yeah. So, but, so I mean, it's a similar vein. I mean, Elvis was the same. It's like put Elvis everywhere. He did thirty-one movies. Cool. Thirty-one. He did so, a lot. I mean, of, the favorite. He, he did a lot of movies. Yeah. Oh, Blue he Hawaii, did. GI Blues, Clam Bake, Jailhouse Rock, Viva Las Vegas. Tons of movies. Some better than others. Yeah. But it was just Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. Like get Elvis out there as much as possible. Was sort of the yeah the vibe. Uh, and yeah, "Suspicious Minds" is the song I picked. So I love that song. Love that song. It's one of my favorites. Uh, it's but one I think, of my. I think we were looking at actors and the, and the singers and singers and the actors. The sort of like pinnacle of that is Elvis, which is the amount of movies he did and like singing success that he had. He, and his peak the, was just yeah. like. The one thing about Elvis, which is I think a little different than all of these, is the film and the the film and the music careers were very parallel. He started yeah. very early doing film, so, uh, and, but he did a lot more than Madonna did. Madonna started early, but Elvis, I think, when his debut album came, I believe that's when "Love Me Tender" came out, which was his first album, uh, his first movie. Right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, but like Elvis is the quintessential for this. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, he absolutely is. I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely is. Oh, I knew this was both of our favorites are coming up here, Coop. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, uh, it, I went alphabetical order. So this is just how it went. Uh, Diana Ross. Yes. Um, Diana Ross. Uh. She singer moved into acting. Um, she didn't move into acting until the seventies. Um, she does three movies in the seventies, which are like lights out, great performances. Uh, Lady Sings the Blue, which got her the Oscar nomination, playing the Billy That's Holiday. That's the big one. That's yeah. the big one, right? Mahogany with Billy D. Williams. Yep. Um, and then The Wiz with Michael Jackson, the which Wiz, is a musical. Man. Right, not a not a bad movie. Like like I'm, I never loved the Wizard of Oz story, but not a bad movie either. Um, and and you know, like I said, Diana goes from. I always thought that Diana, like when you watched her perform, she wore a heart on her sleeve. What you saw is what you get. So I, I think she was a natural to go into acting, and you know, the, again, yeah. to get a role like uh like Lady Sings the Blues, right Beautiful. out of the gate. Um, yeah. that says something. Okay, that says something for Diana. Um. And uh, like Mahogany was really good. And I picked the theme song from Mahogany. Uh, Do you know where you're going to? One of my favorites uh, by her. 
And, uh, you know, I picked that. Mahogany is a great love story movie. I kind of love that one um, yeah. with her. I, I, I thought about I couldn't really pick one from Lady Sings the Blues was the problem because I picked the whole album. It's a great album. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. So, yeah, I went with I went with that. But but yeah, Diana, Um, it really after those three movies, to be honest with you, uh, her film career really uh, there was not much to her film career after that. It was. Uh, yeah. it was it was only um three I would say three those three movies, and then by the time she got into the eighties, it uh, like I said, it really subsided. She did uh like a couple. I don't think she did anything in the eighties, and then she had a couple of small roles in the nineties. Uh, and that was it. So uh, she did some television. She would do some television. I know that from times she did the Muppet Show. I remember. Yes. Uh, really good on the Muppet Show. She, I think she had a couple like Christmas movies and, of course, some concert stuff and stuff. Yeah, but, but yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah. No, great pick. It's surprising about her acting career, Coop, because Lady Sings the Blues is such an iconic role. It, that that's what surprised me. Like, you didn't get more role. Yeah, you didn't. Like I said, she did. Mahogany came out a couple years later. And then the whiz, but but there's nothing film wise, and I would just think yeah. there's so many roles I could have positioned. I don't know what went wrong with her film career after that. Yeah. So. Well, it's hard to tell too because with some of these people, like they turned out roles because maybe they're putting out a record, and then they're not acting for a while, so it sort of falls out. Or yeah, yeah I actually think that her film career ended when 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 she left Motown. I don't know yeah. if something happened after that, but I don't. I don't want to say she's blacklisted or anything. But she, when she left Motown for RCA, that was the end of her film career. Maybe she had a lot of Motown like pushing, pushing her to get roles, and then they stopped. I don't. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean Barry Gordy, very influential. Like he had a lot of connections in this business. I mean, I believe Mahogany and and uh, Lady Sings the Blues were, were Barry Gordy orchestrated. By the way, right. Um. So I think that had. Like I said, I think there was something to that um for sure i think barry like because yeah lady sings the blues was a motown production because they had the film company as well so right. yeah that's what happened so yeah i think and after that it was um uh very things changed yeah and mahogany was motown productions and i bet if i look at the whiz it's motown productions probably uh yeah yep so that, that's just what wish. I, yeah oh, that's, go ahead, what happened. Sorry. that's what happened yeah we just wish such good performances would open other doors for her. Yeah, because because like I said, if that role that role as Billie Holiday, uh, was absolutely iconic. That role. Oh, it was uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, you know, we were talking about Ray. I mean, but again, um, you know, the uh, I I don't know who she lost to that year for Best Actress, Liza Minnelli. Right, could have put her in here as well. Yeah, which I know she was cabaret, which I'm not a big fan of cabaret. Yeah. Um, I would say Diana got robbed. I'm gonna be honest. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Diana got robbed, and then of course the Godfather wins Best Picture that same year. So. Yeah. Dolly Parton. Of course, because we got both of our favorites in here. Yeah. You gotta have Dolly Parton. I mean. Now she started a ton of movies. However, you could take a lot of those where she plays herself. Yeah, you can kind of move those out. But she's still doing movies. Um, her best known role she did, the best little whorehouse in Texas with Burt Reynolds, which is a well known movie, and then of course Nine to Five, which is like the big one. 
Yes, that's the uh, iconic one. Nine to five is the huge one. And I love it. Nine to five is great. The song is great. So I picked that as the song because it's it's sort of our biggest crossover song as well. Uh, it's hard to see, Coop, if if Dolly would be the icon that she is today without 9 to 5. Like, say she doesn't do the movie or the song, I don't know if we're still talking about Dolly Parton. I don't know either. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. That's a fair point. That movie was so iconic. Um, You know, I don't think we're talking about Dabney Coleman either, or you know some of those other roles. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right about that, Dave. That it, it, it's a fair comment. Because it kind of came at a time where her career was in a bit of a downturn. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. If she doesn't do nine to five, I don't know what happens. Yeah. Who do you got next here, Coop? All right, this one's people gonna be surprised by me picking Uh-oh. this one. Oh. I'm okay, going with Rick. Spring- I'm going with Rick Springfield. Okay, <laughs> and I right. am not. I am not ashamed to admit I am a Rick Springfield fan. He's a great musician, right? Um, now he came up through the music ranks. Okay, yes, and that's what people don't realize. He came. He's Australian. Uh, he was a musician, but he he went into acting and he became a character on a on a TV show called General Hospital, which is still on ah, today. Ah, ah is and it? He- yeah, it's still wow. on. And because I was looking to see if he was still on the show, right? And I actually saw it was still on the air, right? Um, and he played like a heartthrob doctor and he was like in the at the height of General Hospital's popularity, um, which is the whole Luke and Laura and all that. But he was a very, very pop and but but then he went and started recording some some music and people thought he went from acting to music. It was actually the other way. He was always a musician who had this acting role. Um and uh, you know he has this song Jesse's Girl, which is you know become oh, the yeah. monster. Um, but he was actually the musician first, and I I have really dug a lot of his music later on. Um, he's had some albums that maybe has don't have the same commercial appeal. Uh, the Tao album's really good, but but uh, hey, I picked the song Don't Talk to Strangers. I love that song. Oh, uh, I just love that song, and uh, uh, he's a really good he's a really good musician. I'm not ashamed to say it. Uh. I uh, I have not seen him in concert, but I would go see him in concert. He's still putting out music. He's still putting out music. He doesn't do as much acting. Uh, really, at the General Hospital, he he didn't do. He did a couple of TV appearances here and there, but for the most part, uh, he never went back to General Hospital after that. But he, well, like, but I was talking to my sister. My my sister because she had watched the show, and she said, "Yeah, he was really like like teen heartthrob back then." Well, he, well, well, Coop. Yeah, I was just looking online. There's rumor that he's going to return to General Hospital. So I may have to watch get, General Hospital. Get ready. I may get have ready. to. I, I, I will watch General Hospital if that happens. He may return. Wow. Reprise, you, reprise his role. Wow. I, I like. I'm, but I've never watched General Hospital, so I can't really say. But I will watch oh, it no. if he's on. I will watch it if he's on. I am a. I am. I. I really respect this guy's ability. By the way, I think he's fantastic as a, like but i i got on the rick springfield bandwagon much later in life okay i wasn't a fan yes. of rick springfield in the 80s um oh, so you were a jesse's girl fan um i like the song like but i never track? would have to go turn the show on is what i'm saying yeah right, 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 uh, right. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, he did that song. I've done everything. Is really good. Uh, yeah. Don't talk to strangers. Wow. This is yeah. There's rumors of look at this. Yeah. Rumor scoop. We don't do rumors. We may do rumors with this one here. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Who but, doesn't but, do? Who doesn't do cigar I, industry I, rumors? Who does I, general I, hospital rumors? I will. I will have a general hospital report if he comes back <laughs> to general hospital. Uh, absolutely. Oh. Uh, yeah. God, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. We, yeah. Let's I mean, what what else is Rick doing? I mean, he's doing some albums, I guess. But come on. Yeah, exactly. You got time, Rick. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the next one. I mean, I think my next one. She's sort of like a multimedia star now. And that's yeah. Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. J Lo. J Lo. She created the three the three letter. Yes. Name. I mean. Wonderful singing. She's kind of just a media icon at the moment. I mean, she had G Lee. We'll let her pass for that. But she's had a big resurgence in acting with Hustlers, where, where her, her character uh, and her performance got great reviews. So she got a lot of heat off of that. And she's done the Halftime and Halftime, which is a Netflix movie. So she, her acting career. She, yeah, she was an actor became a singer, I think. She went that way. She was she did stuff a long time ago. Yeah. And then J Lo on the block, man. And then so we get J Lo and then we have I mean, of course J Lo with her music, but the song I chose is Same Girl, which is off of the halftime soundtrack. Okay. Uh just because it wants something a bit more modern. But yeah, J Lo's having a uh a sort of an uptick. In her acting, getting some more juicier roles, so you probably but, see her doing a bit more. Yeah, but I want to say role. she. I want to say she definitely came in as a dancer. I think. I think that's how she yes. came in, and Originally. then moved to acting, and then then moved into the singing career. But she had a musical background. Yes, she had a musical yes. background. Yeah. But that, uh, I guess the acting stuff, uh, like her more recent stuff, is getting a lot of acclaim. So. So J Lo will uh, you'll be seeing more of her on the screen, I think. Yeah, no, I think so too. All right, what's your last one here, Coop? What do you got? Who do you uh, got? Yeah, so I'm gonna go with another actor who went into singing. Uh, very similar. Uh, this was right around the time of Don Johnson. Uh, <laughs> there was another guy on TV. Uh, by the name of Bruce Willis, who's on the show. Uh, I love that you picked this one. By yeah, the way, yeah, Moonlighting. Yep. Uh, Bruce uh goes into the studio uh and records uh an album called The Return of Bruno, um yeah. and he does a uh cover of the Staple Sisters uh song Respect Yourself, uh which features uh June Pointer on there uh, in nice. the song. And let me tell you, Bruce brings a he brings a more of a I don't want to say bluesy a more up tempo version of this song, yeah. right? Uh, like the state, and I think the Staple Sisters, one of the iconic, one of the absolute, because that's more of like say the Respect Yourself song that they did was more gospelish. Yeah, uh, this had much more, very much a Motown vibe on it. Um, Respect Yourself, and uh, I thought Bruce did a did a uh, amazing job. I think that was another uh, did very well that album as well. Um, the song actually hit number five. 
he had a he had some cool songs on that album though. He he does a cover of Under the Boardwalk. He's got a Secret Agent Man song. Uh, if he wanted to, he he could have done. I think he only did a couple of albums though. I think he only did two or three albums, and that was it. Because then he went back into from TV. He did this yeah. music stuff. Then he goes and has a long film career. And now, you know, very unfortunate, the health situation for him. I yeah. really feel for his family right now and him, you know, because he, he's always, I always liked Bruce. I thought he was a good, good, good entertainer. He, um, he played a lot too. Like, I remember sort of around, uh, maybe like the late 90s to 2000s, he played a lot, like at just small venues and stuff yeah. or, yeah, so he would he would perform quite a bit. No, he he definitely he definitely like I said, I think he had a legitimate music career. I think he could have definitely stuck with it if he wanted to too. Um, but he had the, I think that film career, like then Die Hard takes off. And he he yes. goes he goes and does Die Hard, and then and then Moonlight like, after Moonlighting, it was like you know oh, he man. had some serious film deals come his way. You know, he there was a point where you know he was getting some of the some very high paying roles, um. So, uh, and really just became uh, uh, he was a force in Hollywood, you know, especially with the dialogue. Oh, yeah, look who's talking. He's doing the voices in there. He has that small role in Pulp Fiction. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, oh, he Billy Bathgate. Yeah, Fiction. all these things he's doing. Yeah, he's so good at Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah um, whole nine yards is hysterical in that. You know, so. Uh, yeah, so Bruce Willis, he rounds out my. Uh, I said he's the guy. I think really went from acting to music with that one. So now this one, I last my last one's a cheat, Coop. I cheated. You put two? No, no, I see what you did. You, because she is. You did really, cheat. You did cheat with this one. Okay, it's more <laughs> musicals, but I just think it's so cool. I think it's, uh, you know what I'm going to say. This is fair a bit because of the role she had. Okay, yeah, I'm going to say it's, yeah. fair. it's not you were cheating. Yeah. Angela Lansbury. So, I mean, known for Murder, She Wrote, obviously, yeah. but did a lot of other stuff. Did a lot of English stage. Uh, was in the musical Sweetie Todd, which is like, I think what people, I think a lot of American audiences don't know her for that, but uh, in England and stuff, that her role in Sweetie Todd is almost as famous as her role in Murder, She Wrote. Like, she's really known for her role in Sweetie Todd. Um, where she's the uh the baker that puts yeah. know, human pieces in her. Pockets. What a great, what a fantastic role, by the way. Yeah, and she kills it in that. And I think in England she's known a lot for that, almost as much as uh Murder She Wrote, which she's known a lot for here or in America. Did tons with Disney, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Mary Poppins, and Beauty and the Beast, all having pro like singing roles in those and lead songs as well, not just like you know in the chorus or something. Uh, so I picked uh, the title song to Beauty and the Beast, which uh, she sings as uh, as uh, the Potts, as Mrs. Potts. She's uh, no, but I don't know. I just felt like, I mean, I just felt like putting Angela Lansbury on there, so I cheated a little bit. But Angela Lansbury, I don't know if she did original stuff. She may have. She just passed away, actually, too. Yes, she did. Yeah, yeah she did. Yeah. Um. You know. Um. Bear's a big fan of hers, I think. Oh, where is she? Yeah, yeah, great. yeah. I mean, uh, I you know, Sweeney Todd, in my opinion, uh, was so uh, it was such oh. a 
It was, um, you know, and she also don't forget had the stage role in that one too. Yes. Yeah. She's great, Sweet Todd. Yeah, Sweeney Todd. If you haven't seen the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, uh, oh, it's great. It's, it's great. just great. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. I've seen the off Broadway version of it. It's very good. Yeah, you got to skip the Depp movie too. Like, don't see that. Go see it on stage, man. Yeah, it, it's really there's a there's it's got a vibe to it off stage. Yeah, you gotta you gotta see. It. Uh, but so I I just have some honorable mentions that I thought of as we were doing it that didn't make anyone's list. Okay. And you can feel free to see. So Cher, I didn't put Cher in here, but she sort of came to me. See, I, she yeah. had that role of the mask. She did. She did. Which is Vichwick. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Those were like she was getting. Did she win an Oscar? I don't know, Coop. I want to say have. I thought she might have gotten an Oscar. She definitely got a nomination. Um. But did she get an Oscar is my question. I'm looking. I'm looking now. Yeah. See, all these came to me as uh, I was doing the thing. Yeah. Uh, that was a good one. That's a good one we missed. So we had Cher, Janelle Monet. Yeah. Uh, has one. Oh, she did. She got she got an Oscar for uh, Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Oh, that's a great movie too. You know, she did Silkwood too, which was really good. That movie, uh, playing the Karen Silkwood character, yeah. And Moonstruck was not a great movie, but she was good in it. I, I, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I didn't like She's that movie good. at all, but it was, it was, a, it was, a, but it was a good performance in it. Yeah. We and then uh, so we got Janelle uh, Monae. Now Coop, who's gonna have a who has a budding acting career at the moment is. Uh, uh, oh, the name escapes me all of a sudden. Uh, Lady Gaga. Yeah. So she was in um, Stars Born, which was huge. Right. And now and I think she's supposed to be in the new Joker movie. So she's sort of going places. Yep. Oh, I, I got a yeah. few of you uh, when you're done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What are, what are some other ones? We forgot. All right. Uh, now, this one, I was shocked you didn't have this one on. It was Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. Because it, was it because of High School Musical? Maybe and might have been. Disney? Might have been. Oh, okay. So yeah, I would say that is is one. Um, Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Yep. Yeah. Uh, John Travolta. Yes. John. Now, Travol- Coop. Did he put out? Did he put out records like solo records? He, he no. That was the thing. He put out. Uh, he was like on the Grease soundtrack, and I think on one other place. I uh, count that. Yeah, it, but it wasn't like I, you know, it, I. That's why I didn't include him. Olivia uh, Newton-John, though. Now Olivia Newton-John was probably was one I did leave out, like, uh, but yeah. I would have definitely put Olivia Newton-John, but who who definitely did that. But John Travolta, I don't really consider him. I think he's someone who dabbled in singing, uh, but yeah. I would really. Uh, he, I'm just looking here. Yeah, he he did this album. Okay, so no, there is an album. Of his. Must have Travolta yeah. Fever. <laughs> There's an album called which I'm I forgot about this album. Uh, Travolta Fever is a compilation album featuring songs by John Travolta, uh, and it was released in 1978. I am gonna have to do some research into Travolta Fever. Oh uh, God! I gotta be honest with you. He looks like Vinnie Barbarino, like in a. In of a, course he does. In a in a like a a skin tight shirt. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, Right, right. So there is Travolta fever. So he probably could have 
qualified for that. I mentioned Phil Collins. Yeah. Uh, Phil Collins did. He did that movie Buster uh, where he played the train robber. And he was uh, I think I was talking when Phil was getting like too much Phil music. That's when he went and did a couple of movies. So Phil did did that. And then um, how could the other, you know, Phil Collins definitely. And then Frank Sinatra, of course, I didn't include him. We've done a lot yeah. of Frank, which is why I didn't. Not that Frank doesn't deserve to be honest. We just I wanted to try to do some other stuff than rinse and repeat. Uh, yeah. with that. Well, I mean, so, yeah, Harry Belafonte as well. Harry Belafonte. Yeah, we didn't. I didn't include him for the same reason. Yeah. I didn't either. Um, you know, you could you could go Michael Jackson. He did the Wiz, but that was a musical, so I didn't really want to count that. Um, you know, one guy I was like really surprised that he never really had a film career. Um, but I but I know he's he's had he's had like appearances in them, right? But they never gave him like a really good um they never really gave him like a real role. And and I thought Lionel Richie was gonna have this big movie. Okay. I, I really did. I thought Lionel Richie was perfect to do some movies. I thought he had that Billy D. Williams charisma, you know, and it never happened, unfortunately. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had uh 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 was, well I I uh I did not include Johnny Depp, who's in Hollywood Vampires, but he's just in it because he's famous. Yeah. <laughs> because I, so I'm like, well, that's not really a singing career. Yeah, it's not. Uh, same with like, Donna Summer. She did really one movie. Uh, thank God. It's, well, she did a few, but um, the only thing is, I forgot Donna Summer was on Family Matters. She probably could have qualified. She played uh, Urkel's aunt uh, in oh, Family Matters. Oh, I did Donna. But yeah, but I was thinking of her from Thank God's Friday, where she really plays a character that was yeah. herself. That's why I Yeah. I, but yeah, I forgot she had that role in um a couple of episodes. But again, it was only a couple of episodes of Urkel's Aunt. Yeah, right. Uh if you Such haven't seen that, uh, Aunt Ona, yeah, you gotta look that one up. Yeah, she that you would uh, it's kind of a different side of her. So Did John Stamos do a record? I wanna say he did. Yeah, I think he did. I think he did do a record. I think he did, but I'm just, um, I'm just checking. Yeah, I think he did. And I want to John say Stamos did... also rumored to come back to General Hospital, by the way. Oh, he was on General Hospital. I didn't realize that. He was. Okay, see, there, I learned something new. Did John Stamos ever make an album? He did. Shades of Blue in 94. But on the show, he had, you know, he always was with his guitar and stuff like that, right? Yeah, well, he was a rocker. That yeah. was the thing. Yeah. Stamos. I mean, I think Johnny Cash has been in some movies as well. Yeah. Um, You know who did some movies? Um, Meatloaf. Oh, yeah. Yes, Me- he Meatloaf, did. Meatloaf did the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, um, so, I, you know, I again, I kind of tried to go with somewhere the music career or the acting career went somewhere a little more. Yeah, Chris Christopherson. Yeah, he was in Convoy. I remember that? That was a good movie. Convoy. Uh, yeah. Look at that. We just did another music show, just mentioning people. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. It was but kind Meat- of crazy. Yeah, Meatloaf was had a, had a nice amount of movie. Yeah. Well, he's best known for the Rocky Horror one. He, yeah, Rocky Horror was definitely he played Eddie. Eddie in that one, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the other one, uh, the other one that I know he, he had a decent music career, but he's more of a, he plays more of like the uh, amusement park circuit, um, hotel circuit. Uh, and that's uh, Barry Williams who played Greg Brady. All right. Yeah, I mean they had some success. Well, they, did the, they did that album. The Brady Vines did that record. Yeah, that, yeah that but track anyway. Yeah, but Barry Williams like, actually had a legitimate music career where I think he still performs at like amusement parks and he makes a pretty good living doing this. Um, and uh, but yeah, he's uh, you know, he he def- I would probably put him in there as well. New music coop. Yeah, let's get to new music. Uh, sponsored, of course, we want to remember our friends at Cigar Hustler, located in Deltona, Florida. Um, great show. Uh, great, great store. Great, great, uh, great customer service. Uh, um, great humidor. Good selection of stuff. Get on the email list uh, because you'll want to get the you know the newest and latest cigars. Of course, when the limiteds come in. If you're on the email list, uh, you'll get it. Check their social media as well if you're looking for stuff. I'm seeing a lot of PCA stuff roll into that store right now. Yes. Uh, they have the Postani brand, which the Postani Connecticut is just um, – Just launched it. Just launched it. They're up in Michigan as we record this, doing that. So, um, Which is a cigar that was prognosticated by me. It was. Uh, Dave was one of the early smokers of it, and he's he's he signed. I know Bear is big on that cigar. Love it. The Toro. Yeah. The Toro is the one I love. Yep. Um. Now I said you heard me say great show, right? Uh, yeah. They do. They have the uh, Cigar Hustlers podcast. Now a little programming note. Uh, on the next Cigar Hustlers podcast, um, Hector will be on with Ben Lee from uh, Smoking Syndicate. All right. So, okay. so, so Hector and Ben were both in the area. And they stopped at Hustler, and apparently there was an episode recorded. So All right, uh, okay. I don't know if it's a full episode, or I know part of it. Ben said went to the Patreon. It sounded like, uh, okay. and I don't have a Patreon account, but I think I it know. sounds like they both did the show as well. So all right, um, usually nice. they do both. So uh, I'll double check that, but I think that should be coming up uh, in the upcoming week or so with that. So uh, yeah, when Hector was on his road trip, I guess he stopped by there. Jumped in. He's dropped in, and Ben has been on vacation in the area as well. So they were both actually there the same day. Yeah, nice. Yep. So uh, before we get into the, the the songs that that also have the actor to singer, singer to actor theme, uh, how's your cigar coop? How'd it go? Yeah, I'm just I just actually got to the end of it. Um, not bad. Um, it's not a wow factor cigar. Uh, but again, it's a milder, it's a medium minus Maduro, not overly complex. Um, not going to set the world on fire, but a decent smoke. It's one I would smoke if I'm, you know, just, uh, looking to have a, you know, a cigar where I don't have to think about it much. The flavors were, were, were again, not wow, but they, they were good Maduro flavors. Not overly, not a lot of spice to that cigar either. I yeah, think right. of the, I think of the red, white, and black. Which are the three core lines? I think the red is the best of that I've had, which right. is this one. So, so I, I, yeah, probably like an 80, 88 cigar or something like that. I'm saying, okay, yeah, so worth, it, worth a try. Yeah, definitely yeah. worth a try. Yeah. How is uh, yours? The war, warhead. I'm getting about that far. Oh, it's it's a good. It's everything you want out of a warhead. It's rich. It packs a punch. Yeah. It's not as strong as the one we talked before, which was the set six. Was it? Yeah. No. Seven. The six, which is the little Figurado. 
Yes, yes, yes. The six, yeah. Yeah, the seven was the mildest, I believe, when I remember. Yeah, the si- It's not as strong as the six, which was yeah. quite strong. Yeah, the um, six was is- really strong, yeah. But it does still pack a punch. It's got all those things you want. Uh-huh. It's rich. It's sweet. You got coffee. You got a bit of, like, blueberry sort of notes yeah. to it. Smokes. Once it opens up, once you get past that nozzle, it smokes really well and really easily. Yep. You just, have to, you just have to get past that initial nozzle. Right, right. I agree with you on that. That's a great cigar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like I said, you, I almost could buy these blind now, Coop, and have no knowledge at all and just buy it. Like, just because I know it's going to be consistent. And it's yeah, no, I mean, like I said, every year that's a really good cigar. So um, I'm happy, you know, like I said, it's very consistent. Each of the sizes bring a different nuance to it. So, uh, yeah. They've moved it from, you know, what quietly that really started as Connecticut Broadleaf. Now it's Nicaraguan Broadleaf. But I think they've nailed down how to work with the Nicaraguan Broadleaf well with this blend. Um, I've I've had mixed experiences with the Nicaraguan Broadleaf, but right. never a problem with That's the Warhead. Good. It's really good with the Warhead. Yeah. It's good. Now, new music. So we got the same theme. Side A, Ryan Gosling. I'm just Ken. <laughs> For the Barbie movie. Yeah, you knew it was coming, Phil, folks. Oh, <laughs> you knew Dave was getting a Barbie Barbie song in there. Yeah. Well, this is what kicked off the whole idea. Was yeah, yeah. It, it, I love this song. I love this movie. Love it. Seen it three times, Coop. I cry yeah. every time. I love it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> bought the vinyl. Now, Gosling, I think, sang in La La Land as well. Yeah. But D- Dave's gonna have Barbie doll collection next. I think. Oh, I got the vinyl of this already. <laughs> yeah, you kidding me? <laughs> is it pink? No, the 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 album the cover is pink, uh-huh. but the record is, is blue vinyl. Okay, okay. Um, oh, it, soundtrack's amazing. Check it out. I'm gonna check out the soundtrack, Dave. I'm, I haven't given the soundtrack a listen. I am gonna give the soundtrack a fair listen. So yeah, you I will check do out the soundtrack. I mean, yeah. you got Billie Eilish is on it. Dua Lipa's on it. Lizzo's on it. It's got a lot of big names on it. So yeah. Nicki Minaj, I Spice yeah. are on it. So they pulled together like a lot of big names for that soundtrack. So it's a good yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. Um, Glenn Hansard is B. Now you might not. Glenn was in uh, a movie called Once where he was playing a member of a band. He's also a uh, like a kind of a folk singer himself, Irish folk singer, uh, kind of an indie folk. He has a new track out, The Feast of St. John. So if you're a Glenn Hazard fan, you want to yep. check that out. Nice, nice. Good, good pit. And album archaeology is Rihanna's rated R. Because it's a great record. And who can forget her amazing role in the Battleship movie? Yeah. Where Rihanna played like a member of the Navy in Battleship. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Now, oddly enough, her role in the Battleship movie didn't change into anything else. <laughs> The but uh, but she's in it. It's good. She was good in it. Yeah, I know that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Rihanna, rated R. Yeah. That's all I got. That's all I got, Coop. That's all I got, Dave. Uh, it was a great show. Um, again, thanks to our audience who's tuned in. Um, stay tuned to our social media pages when the next jukebox will be. We'll know. We'll have another topic, and then I think maybe we'll probably get one more in before the football show. So. If we can, but if not, the, you'll, we have the football show coming up for sure. Oh, uh, I'm just—I'm I'm already thinking of the songs for that. 
Yeah. Football, football players who sang. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Be good. It's gonna be good. Yep. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, that's gonna wrap up Primetime Juke Rocks episode 106 into the annals of history for this mid-August edition, 2023. Thanks everybody. We'll catch you next time. Take care.